Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith with Andy Santis. It's great to be here. I'm so pleased to introduce to you a good friend of mine, and she has a, a great story to tell you uh, about her faith life and how she became active again in faith, uh, and she's got quite a journey. So I want to welcome to you Kendra Von Esch. She is an author, a speaker, and a faith coach. Hi, Kendra. Hi, Anne. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I was excited about this. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and cheers to the live Friday evening viewers who are hanging out, um, probably bored out of their mind because Netflix isn't out there anymore. So, or maybe they're out there, but they're tired of watching it. I am pretty sure. So I um, uh, just want to say hi to the audience out there too. Thank you. I know that, you know, everybody's home, like you said, we're still during this pandemic and excited to, you know, get back to life again. And, you know, Kendra has a lot to share, especially because she was not a person of faith on, you know, this topic is journeys in faith. And, uh, you know, she has so much to share with you about how she was a person who didn't really think too much about God before. And God came into her life in such a powerful way. So I wondered if you could start there and just tell us, you know, how did that come all about? How did it come about that you decided, or that I would say that God decided, right, that it was time for you to walk with him? So I'm just going to forewarn you that I have a dog upstairs. I'm the only one home right now, and I can't stop him from barking. <laughs> so if you hear him Aww. growling or barking, my apologies. Uh, my husband should be coming home one of these moments, but um yeah, I never, ever really knew God. I was a confirmed Catholic. When I say confirmed, I, I always use the air quotes because I really didn't understand the faith. I didn't know the faith. I didn't believe in the faith. Um, when I came out on the other side of confirmation, I was like, oh, thank goodness that's done. 
and the world raised me. My family really didn't talk much about religion or God or Jesus or anything really. And when it came down to it, the world told me what would make me happy, what would be success. So I strived after being what the world said I should be, which was, you know, a long, tall, long, when I say long, I'm like five foot four. <laughs> I'm not long and tall and slender. <laughs> oh, are you really? Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, that's okay. Funny. So everyone needs to know while Anne and I are great friends, we've never met each other in person. That's right. But she's You're also a, an actress and a model and she's got an incredible body. Sorry, I got to go there. Thank you. Um, and I, I, I always, I, I assume that you were like 5'9", 5'10", something like that. But shame on me because, you know, I, you don't have to be tall to be thin and to be, you know, healthy. And But that was one thing that I always tried to strive for because I was never a thin girl. I always was comparing myself with everybody that I met all my life, never measuring up not the best soccer player. I was a cheerleader, but I was the chubby cheerleader. So I was the one that held up all the skinny ands above me, you know? And I always felt um, insecure in my skin, never ever good enough. And yet I just kept striving for what this world wanted me to be. So I like developed eating disorders. I had bulimia, I hated working out. Um, at the end of the day, it became me and the world's view of me. Your opinion of me was my definition and my value. So I put so much of my life into what people thought of me. And then I was like, okay, well, if it's not this body and all of this other stuff that I need to have um, around me, right? And, and, and to be physically then it must be money. I must be looking for money. And so I went down the path of, I don't care what I do as long as I make a lot of money at it. So I never looked at the talents that I was given, that the things that I was good at, the things that I wanted to do. A lot of the things that I wanted to do when I was a kid was acting, uh, singing, just being an entertainer of all my life, people are like, my gosh, you are so animated. Like you should be a stand-up comedian. You should be like on entertainment television, you know, interviewing stars and be an Oprah, have your own talk show. And so I laugh because that was what I always wanted to do, but I never did it because I'm not pretty enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I mean, the whole, I'm not enough broken record kept playing in my head. So I said, all right, I'll stick with corporate America. I'll climb the ladder as high as I possibly can, make as much money as I possibly can, and that will be happiness for me. And so, yeah, climbing the ladder was great. Money was great. But then came all this other stress and insecurity. Now I'm sitting at the boardroom with all of the executives thinking, why am I here? They're going to find me out. They're going to one day realize that I don't know what I'm doing. I am not sure what I'm doing here. I was a chief information officer, which is technology. Think of anything that you use in a company to operate it technically. Could be manufacturing equipment, could be systems, could be the financial systems, your human resources systems, your cell phones, your computers. 
I'm one of the worst technical people in the world. I mean, my sure. team. <laughs> Do, okay, before I started my ministry, I didn't even yeah. know how to post on Facebook. I thought Facebook was like people just taking pictures of their food, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm like, what do you mean I got to get out on social media? I was scared to death. And now it's funny because you can't get me off the thing, you know? I mean, I just, uh, but You're great at it. Oh, please. Thank you. Praise mm -hmm. God. Because I don't sometimes, I mean, every day I, I, I don't have a plan. I don't record things in advance. My podcast is every single day and it's real from me that morning. I mean, it's after I go through my meditation and my prayers and then I come to the world for 10, sometimes 15. I'm a jabber mouth, sometimes 20. Uh, but I really try to make it like 10 minutes so that I can just work with, every, you know, walk with the world, walk with the world and let's put Jesus on before we get out there. And some days are good. Some days aren't so good, but I just share the raw reality of my life. So I'm not even answering your question. You're, you just said, how did God find you? Well, it took me, it took him long enough. I mean, I was like, Dude, what, why did you wait so long? You know? So I was, um. 42 years old. And I got a call. It was my dad's girlfriend who said, Hey, your dad's going in for quadruple bypass surgery tomorrow. Out of the blue, this guy doesn't have a symptom. He doesn't have an extra pound of weight on him. He's, you know, it was a shocker. And the next day at like seven in the morning, he's going to be getting his chest cracked open. So for me, it was one of the first moments that I prayed to God without praying to God for something that I wanted. So when I say that I didn't have a relationship with God, I didn't, I didn't know God. I just used him as a vending machine of asks, right? Like, and you know, Hey, I need this. I need that. I need this. Can you help me with this? Can you help? It was never a, I'm going to sit with you and get to know you and understand your voice and see you in my life. None of that. No way. Just a one way asking train with the exception of this. I mean, I prayed more in that evening before my dad went into surgery than I had in my entire life combined. And it was not about me. So I actually asked God in my life. And that's one thing that I want to scream to people. God will not force himself on you. Jesus is waiting for you to ask him in. He's a gentleman, as we've heard. Or he's a gentleman, as we've heard. Like he's not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. So if you're out there like me and you're freaking out with the world, you're constantly stressed, you're snipping at your family, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're worried, you're not sleeping, you're just a mess, but you think you're happy, or you turn to alcohol and you turn to drugs and you turn to pornography and you turn to promiscuity, you turn to other things to take that stress off of you. That is what I lived my entire life like. And I thought I was happy. I really did. And so when I opened up the door to God, because I asked him to help my dad sincerely from the heart. And guess what? My dad comes out flying colors. He's, you know, healing, like almost miraculous healing to the point where I was like, dang, you're back on hockey skates at 70 already. Like it was awesome. And I never thanked God. I never even mm. thought of thanking God, even though I prayed to him and he answered my prayers. 
So that was where he decided he was going to talk to me in a different way. And my husband and I, as I have said, I've battled my weight my whole life. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at my husband and I'm looking at me and I'm like, dude, we got like 15 extra pounds that we're packing on here. We actually have symptoms to have this quadruple bypass surgery. So guess what? I ordered a cleanse book on Dr. Oz, which I'm sure you're familiar with his show. Yes. And he's like, what, what is a cleanse? And I don't know how I convinced him to do it with me, but, but he agreed. And so we, as I was reading the book, there was this pie chart with these little segments of your life. And one of those pieces of the pie said spirituality. I remember <laughs> right? this. I yeah, remember that this. was like, and I wish I, oh, I have my book over there. I could grab it. Um, and I'm looking at it going, wow, I've got something going on in every other piece of the pie with the exception of this one. And I didn't interpret it as spirituality as people do today, the new age movement, this chakra and Hinduism and manifestation in the universe. And no, I thought religion. And the only religion that I knew was Catholicism. And I was not real wild about going back to mass. I mean, hello, could it be any more boring? I'd rather have a root canal. I mean, I hate mass, right? And I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know that Jesus is in the Eucharist, Holy Communion, the real body, blood, soul, and divinity. I don't, I don't know any of that. But I decide, because God put it in my heart, hey, you've got nothing going on in this piece of the pie. You're cleansing your body, so let's go cleanse your soul. And that was what happened. I went back in uh, 2013 of Easter all by myself because I'm married to the same Catholic as I was. The, who, who wasn't I going to mass with for 20 years? Like when I say I wasn't pr practicing anything, I was not even going to Christmas or Easter mass or church of any kind for 20 years. So when he hears that I'm going to go to mass, he's like, you don't want me to go with you, <laughs> do you? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is my thing, you know? And so I went and um, it was a very interesting experience. You'll have to read it in my book. Um, it's, it's, am I Catholic? I, I, I see it over there. It's not too far. I could grab it if, if we have a moment, but it's a funny read. It's an honest read. And it's a, it was my struggle coming to the Catholic faith because everything about it, I didn't believe. Why do I want to be a part of this faith that's like with riddled with these priest scandals? It makes me mm. sick to even think about that. Um, I know about mortal sins and I've committed most of them. I mean, everything but murder. And I believe in abortion. I believe in birth control. I believe you should have sex before you're married. I mean, you need to test those waters. I don't understand the whole sexual morality of the church. And so... I don't want to change my life. I'm, I don't even know why I went, honestly, because my husband was looking at this as being a flavor of the month, right? He's like, this is not going to okay. be like another diet for her, <laughs> oh. which by the way, that cleanse only lasted a couple of weeks. Uh, we, we blew that out of the water because it was, it was hard. I don't know. Have you ever done a cleanse before? I have. Yeah. Yeah. This one I understand. Yeah, it was bad. And my husband is like, I need to eat <laughs> like, I need potatoes and stuff. So yeah, I, at that time it was Easter 
and it was almost the, the service was almost done and I'm thinking okay uh, I'm almost done with this and then they make an announcement about confession being offered on divine mercy Sunday which I have no idea what that is but for a moment everything just kind of stopped everybody disappeared from my purview and I just sat there with the word confession and I for probably the first time in my entire life said wow like if I believe anything about this Catholic church, like that half of a half of a half of a mustard seed, I'm gonna, I, if I got hit by the proverbial truck when I walk out of here, I'm going to hell. I knew I had mortal sins on my soul. And I had- That was even, a wake uh, up for you. Uh, it, was a, it was a moment of confession. Wow, how long has it been? So I did the math, I had to use my fingers and toes to count and everything. And it was 26 years mm. I had been to my last confession at confirmation. But I didn't decide at that moment to go. I didn't. I got in my car and I felt lighter. That wasn't so bad. I'll come back next week. And then that was the moment that changed everything um, because I did decide to go to confession after 26 years and it was a game changer for me. I'm telling you, I, if there's anybody that's watching this and you are ashamed of some things that you've done in your life and are maybe even still doing in your life that you can't seem to stop or you have, you know, you can't forgive yourself for something that you've done. Maybe it was adultery, been there, done that. Maybe it's like you were watching pornography all the time. Been there, done that. Maybe you were addicted to drugs. I, was, I had a pot addiction for 20 plus years. Been there, done that. I drank like a fish. I was a truck driving, swearing, potty mouth kind of chick, raunchy. I, just, I was what they would call a guy's gal. I mean, I would sit at the boardroom table and I would swear <laughs> more than probably some of the men would. And I just thought that that was who I was. That made me cool. That made me the life of the party. That made me fun. And yet when I did things and I said things because I was so drunk or because I was so high, um, you know, I just look back and I think, what a waste of 42 years, 43 years, really, by the time I started realizing, like, I believe this church, I believe the teachings, and I've got to change. And I took it upon myself to change. And that is not, that doesn't work. You don't change yourself, God changes you. So it's this, it was this whole humility exercise for me because I thought, Hey, I can do this. I can stop this. I can stop. And no, I can't. I mean, you've lived your life that way. And without God's grace in everything, you can't do anything. And yet his grace can do so many things. And I didn't even know what God's grace was. So for 42 years, I heard that beautiful song, amazing grace. And I was like, Oh, what a pretty song, but I have no idea what that song means. I mean, it, it's pretty self-explanatory if you actually listen to the words. Right. But I have no, I mean, I'm like, I don't know what God's grace is. I don't even know God. Like, honestly, Anne, I didn't even know that Jesus was God. That's how uncatechized I was. I just thought Jesus was God's son. I mean, talk about going from like negative zero to 
I don't know what number I'm at now, but it is like such a change. And I look and I say, my gosh, there's such amazing peace and joy and love that comes from God. There's such freedom and walking away from that sinful life that I thought, so I had, you know how like those cartoons, you've got the devil over here and you've got the angel over here. So when I first came out of um, confession, life-changing supernatural experience when I went. I did go that following Sunday and I floated out of that church. It was so emotional for me. I would recommend anybody going, even if you're scared to death, like I was. I mean, I had two sides of an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper filled out with stuff that I could recall, right? Um, And the priest was so beautiful. He's like, welcome home. And I was bawling and crying and don't worry about that. You know, bring some extra Kleenex because there wasn't any in there. (laughs) I was like, like, you know, wiping my nose with my snots and everything. I had makeup everywhere. I was a mess. What a wonderful day though. Oh, it was so beautiful. So beautiful. And that's what changed everything. So Mm. you look at two Sundays on my quote unquote, I'm going to go back to this mass thing. And, and my husband's thinking, yeah, this isn't going to last. Well, that was a game changer. And that's when I said, okay, wait a minute. There's something different about this Catholic faith. I need to find out what it is because that was not, that was God. That was not of this earth. And I, I used to equate it when I, when I go speak, I say, look, I've taken drugs of every kind and I could have taken them all at once and never felt that ecstasy, that beautiful peace, that love, that forgiveness. It was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that I had no idea what was happening to me, but I knew it was supernatural. I knew like, this is God. That's like what this Catholic church calls a sacrament, I think. I didn't even know what sacraments were. (laughs) Now you do. Yeah, now I do. And now I'm like, oh, the sacraments are the lifeline to our holiness and to heaven. I mean, we need the Catholic church and those sacraments, which is what I'm so sad about lately with this COVID stuff. You know, I just, um, I went to my first mass on Tuesday after 70 days and received the Lord. It was so beautiful. Hey, I can't wait for my, our viewers here to hear about that. We do have to take a break now. Before we take that break, Kendra, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story. I love your story. I could hear it over and over and over. And I want to invite our viewers to connect with you, to connect with Kendra Von Ash on social media. Please like her page on Facebook and also her YouTube channel, which is awesome. So please, if you haven't done that yet, I would ask you to subscribe. Now, Kendra also has a special relationship with Fiat Ministry Network and with Patchwork Heart Radio, our friend, Bill Snyder. Hello, Bill, and hello, Kent Kalhowski, who's behind the camera here this evening with Fiat Ministry Network. And it's something called Discover Your Mission. And Kendra did a special series called My Road to Mary. So during our commercial break, you're going to watch a commercial about this. And I want to invite all of you to consider partnering with Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio to discover your own mission. So let's take a break and we will be back in just a few minutes. But I think you're going to enjoy this commercial break.
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. St. Paul is saying, you know, I am the most frustrated with you right now, God. I cannot be any more frustrated with you. Okay, dude? Like, I am trying to overcome this sin in my life. I am trying to overcome this, and I'm getting nothing. I'm getting zero. And God came busting through those doors. He answered my prayers. My dad healed so fast. But I never even thought of going back to God and saying thank you. He was long gone out of my mind. As a matter of fact, I went back to my Holy Trinity, which was me, myself, and I. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you on your own could have done this. He didn't call her a woman because it was irreverent. And he was like, woman, get the heck out of my face. Uh-uh. It was woman, the new Eve. What do you have to do with me? It's not my time yet. You know it's not my time yet. But this is his first miracle. Why? Because mommy asked him to. Trust him that he is going to take care of you. That's the last thing. Trust Him. And that might be the hardest. That as you meet all the other things, the sacrifice, the confession, the worship, the trust might be the hardest thing. That fourth thing that I just mentioned, the trust in Him might be the hardest thing. Hey, thanks for joining us again on Journeys in Faith. This is Anne DeSantis with my terrific guest and my friend, Kendra Von Esch. And during the first half of the show, Kendra explained to us her own uh, path to God and how God came to her in such a powerful way. And I just love to hear your story. I could, like I said before the break, I mean, I could hear it over and over again about how God worked in your life and Right before the break, you were talking about the fact that here we are during this pandemic and you had the opportunity to go to, uh, to mass recently. And I think that's a good story for people to hear that you had such a hunger during this time. And I'd love for them to hear uh, that experience. 
let me kind of it was this it was a complete roller coaster um so i went through a bunch of stuff immediately when we were all kind of quarantined and locked down uh all my speaking engagements were canceled and i absolutely have my cup filled being out meeting people on the journey i mean i just can't wait to engage with an audience and see their faces and and see their tears and their laughter and then meet them afterwards as i'm signing books and all of that it's it really it it just energizes me and it fills my soul so i was bummed out about that but i said okay lord this is for a reason. There's some good to be coming out of this. I don't know what, but what do you want me to do now? Because I mean, my whole two months are thrown out the window. And he called me to come closer to him in prayer, meditative mental prayer, which a lot of people struggle with. They don't have the time. They don't have the patience. They don't know the how, the the distractions that they have to fight. They can't hear God's voice. So they give up so quickly. And I was already practicing mental prayer, but he wanted me to do it for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day, which isn't hard anymore. But at that time, I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I found for two weeks, I could not get a thought pulled together. I mean, I would sit down, I'd be like, all right, here we go. You know, like, let's do this. And we've got this time, let's get closer. And let's go deeper in our relationship, Lord. I know you're going to bring me to you in ways that I can never imagine. And sure enough, I can't do it. I can't get my mind to focus. And uh, then all of a sudden, and this is during Lent, my Lenten sacrifice was supposed to have one meal a day. My issue is mastering this body that has mastered me my whole life. So I am looking at bodily mortification and he called me to eat one meal a day. And in the beginning of Lent, I was traveling all over the place and I had to take it day by day with God because I didn't know if I would be speaking at a breakfast, if I'd be at a Legatus dinner, would I be eating at the airport? You know, what would I be doing? So I prayed my way through every day. I gave up all of my hunger pangs and everything to him. And it was this beautiful sacrifice. So the first like week and a half, two weeks of Lent was beautiful. I was living with God every moment. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm at home. I, I could walk down and open that refrigerator. <laughs> I could go into that pantry <laughs> telling you like, yeah. And then I couldn't pray and I felt all anxious and I was all over the place. And I, I couldn't understand what was going on. And before you knew it, I mowed down a whole row of Oreos and I'm like, what is going on? I think I remember me? you posting that. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is bad. Yeah. Something, something's up. And finally, I, I just, I, this time I got on my knees. I don't typically get on my knees when I pray, but this one, I was like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. You want me to go closer to you and I can't keep my mind focused on anything. And I just want to be a glutton. Oh, and by the way, I was so lethargic. I just wanted to nap all day, every day. I was like, uh, I was in this spiritual sloth, this physical sloth. Everything was just sucking me down. And God said, I mean, he didn't like say it. I don't audibly hear him speak to me, but he put in my mind and in my heart, you're not using the weapons I told you about. Mm. And I was like, oh, thank God you heard that. 
Right. And I said, ah, you're right. So I'm going to throw out somebody else's book, which you and I both have, have read. And we actually both are trained in unbound ministry. Yes. Yes. Neil Lozano. Yes. Neil. Hello, Neil. Exactly. Hi, Neil. Thank you. You saved my life. So it's a book called Unbound. Um, it goes through five keys. Neil, N-E-A-L, Lozano, L-O-Z-A-N-O. And I ended up going through that book myself when I was being attacked, right? Mm -hmm. Literally attacked. We can't get in probably to that story. Maybe we'll have another one. Wow. Yes. Come back again. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, And so I had this book. I read the book. I went through the keys. I had a physical, emotional, um, spiritual release of evil that I let into my life, not even knowing that I let them in, um, in many, many different ways. I opened up lots of doors and windows for evil just to kind of camp out in my body. And sure enough, and in my soul, um, he said, you haven't delivered, you haven't used the weapons. And so unbound, and I started delivering the spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. I renounce the spirit of sloth. I renounce the spirit of temptation. I renounce the spirit of gluttony. And I command you to go to the foot of the Holy Cross to receive your sentence and for Jesus Christ to pour his precious blood on you. And then, Father, please fill me with your blessings. And honey, the the calmness that I felt was palatable. It was almost like I was resting in the spirit, kneeling on the ground. And I was like, thank you, God. Thank you. And I, what I wasn't doing either was my exam and prayer at night, which was looking back on my day and seeing what am I, what am I learning about how I'm calling out to God? Like I wasn't calling out to God all day long. I would just succumb to the bodily urge, go eat the row of Oreos and be like, oh, how did that happen? Well, because I didn't stop. I didn't call to God like I would in the airport when I'm hungry. Lord, I'm giving my hunger up to, you know, like it was a, it was a polar opposite experience. So that was my down in the roller coaster, you know, down at the bottom of the valley. And I want to say, if you're in that valley, keep walking because on each side, there's a mountain. You will slowly but surely come up. Thank and, you for saying that to yeah, our friends. I'm, God, I mean, it's I, I could go through peaks and valleys in a day, desolation, consolation throughout the day, let alone like for multiple days. And so bottom line is when I think about these people who don't have God and who don't have an, a, a way to some extra life, not a life force, but the creator of the world to rest on and to say, okay, I'm going to throw this all to you. I'm giving it all to you. And I don't want to feel this anxiety, this, this worry, this fear, fear. Hello is, I mean, it's a four letter word people on purpose. It's not from God. That's a good, that's good. A good thing to think about during this time. Oh, and I think that mm. so many people are riddled with fear. So my husband was saying, because I said, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I, I don't need, my husband made me wear gloves. I said, okay. hey, I, at, the, at the time, um, there wasn't the requirement for masks. So I wasn't wearing a mask and I had my good Samaritan oil and I had my exercised blessed holy water. And yet I was like, this doesn't mean that I'm not going to get it. God may give me this disease so that I can suffer in joy and share with the world 
how I'm going to offer this up as redemptive for people and saving souls. And, and my husband's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was like another language. Yeah. He's like, put yeah. the stinking gloves on and, you know, stay away from people and, and wash all the groceries when you get home. And I'm like, honey, I have no fear because guess what? Yeah. I don't fear dying. I've asked him a few times, like, dude, anytime you want to take me, I'm ready. Like, I, <laughs> I love it. I, I remember one time I love said, your honesty. Yeah. I mean, I go to confession every week and praise God, we still had confession available mm. in my diocese. Yes, praise God. Oh, you're not kidding. Uh, so I went every week. I continued to go because I needed it. I mean, here I was, you know, drinking more than I should, eating more than I should, not sticking to my Lenten sacrifice. Um, and what, you know, I, I said, Hey, I don't, I hope I get it. I said, I, I mean, I, I'm ready to go. Oh. It's so bad. <laughs> And my husband looks at me, he goes, well, what about me? Yeah, there you go. I mean, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my gosh, how selfish of me. Mm -hmm. God has me here for a reason to love my family, to share the love of God with the world, to help people realize like you don't have to live like I lived for 42 years with the struggles that you have in your life. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. I'll never forget when I, I mean, I heard that many times, the truth, the way, and the life, the truth, the way, and the life. And all of a sudden my spiritual director said, the truth, the way, and the life is a person and it's Jesus Christ. And I was like, yeah, it is. You know, like I never Amen. really, right? I mean, yes. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. There is no other God. There is no universe. There is no reincarnation. Your crystals, your Wiccan stuff, your um, whatever you're doing to find this peace isn't it. It's Jesus Christ, and He can do miracles in your life. And when I, so your hunger, back to your hunger about mass and the Eucharist, because people may not even know what the Eucharist is. So mass, Please do, yes. mass is very reverent. Mass is what some people would say boring if you don't know why you're there. And you're Amen. There, yeah, you're there to worship God. You're there to sacrifice yourself, give yourself to Jesus, and then receive him in your body. So that little communion wafer, the bread that people call it right at the, before it's consecrated and the wine is just bread and wine until the priest with the power from Jesus who gave it to them at the last supper to consecrate that bread. And that's why John is the, the book of John is so critical. I don't know how people can't realize that he was saying, oh no, you must gnaw on me. That was, I believe, the the word, the yes. of the word. No. You chew on me, eat me, drink me. And back then in the in the you know in the Jewish faith, I mean you didn't even touch blood. You were you were dirty and you were defiled and you were unclean. And then they're like, you want us to eat your flesh and drink your blood? Are you kidding me? And he didn't come back and say, Oh, I'm sorry. That was just a figure of speech, you know, like, come on back. You can follow me. No, he went on even more to say, yes, I am true food. I am true drink. And if you don't eat me and drink me, you have no life in you. 
And then he looked at all the apostles and said, okay, are you guys ready to leave me too? And Peter said, through the Holy Spirit and the gift from the Father, right? Because he didn't come up with this. He says, well, to who should we go? You're the, the word of everlasting life. You are the word in human form down here. Like, we're going to follow you. We don't quite get this. I mean, I'm sure they were like, what the heck is this guy talking about? But then the mass comes. And when I did all of my research, because I'm telling you, I didn't just accept teachings of the church. And I didn't just, I still learn every day. I research every day. So much to learn. Oh, it's always someone said like being Catholic is like a part-time job and it really is. I mean, you just, or maybe even full-time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. No kidding. More I mean, than full-time. Right. I fight between, should I get out on YouTube or should I read this book or should I learn more about how I can go deeper with God? And I, I, you know, I do challenge myself quite a bit um, to make sure that it's not about me. It's about God through me. And the closer I get to God, the more I can bring people to that same relationship. You know, I'm all about just bringing them to Jesus. Like just if, if you're watching this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, just ask Jesus to show himself to you say, look, I want to know this peace. I want to know this love. I want to have this transformation like she's had. Um, so I became this Eucharistic adorer. I couldn't wait to be in front of the tabernacle in the church, which is where the, the Eucharist is, is housed, if you will. He's kept in the church, only Catholic churches. Adoration, uh, it's really the host that's put in a monstrance. It's this big, beautiful gold um, I don't know, sun, I guess you could say with a bunch of like beautiful rays and monstrance means to show. So it is showing the true Jesus and you sit and you kneel in front of him. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting in front of Jesus. And for me, I've had so many amazing supernatural experiences in front of the Eucharist when receiving the Eucharist that when we were told churches are shutting down, I was like, and during those two weeks, I was watching it on, 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 you know, the computer, I'm falling asleep. I mean, I told you I was like this in this, and I truly believe that Satan was having a field day with masses shut down and he was running around messing with people all over the place, having them think about things like, I am sure people who were fighting an addiction to pornography probably fell into it because they're bored out of their minds or they don't have other things to focus on, like reading spiritual books or doing things that keep them away from those temptations. I fell into my temptations, which was eating and drinking too much and not praying and falling asleep during mass. And so, yeah, when I went um, 10 people in a church, and I was one of the lucky 10 on Tuesday. And I, it was so weird. And I wanted it to be this incredible spiritual experience. But you know, you walk in, you got your mask on, you walk over, you desanit or you use the sanitizer and you de-germ your hands and they walk you to the pew and you're all distanced from the other nine people in there. And the priest has his mask on and then he's got his little camera. I mean, it just it was weird. It was mm -hmm. honestly weird. And then I'm looking, cause I know all these people, they're the daily mass goers and it comes time to stand. It comes time to kneel and nobody is remembering what to do. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, 
wow. Because I'll be honest, when I'm watching mass on TV, I'm pretty much sitting the whole time. Right. I'm, are you getting up and kneeling and doing all the stuff? Cause I'm not. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. I have yet to do all of it with the exception of one day I brought my smartphone into the church. There was another church that was open and I watched mass on my smartphone and I, it was the closest I could get to mass. And I was using the kneeler and all that kind of stuff, which was nice. But yeah, I received Jesus and I wanted to have this beautiful, like, kind of thing happen and it didn't really happen but I was so still so grateful and I I couldn't stay after um which I normally do so I I I spend that 15 minutes after mass to just thank him and to have him you know work me over sanctify me do what you're supposed to do with the holy spirit in me and of course we all had to get up and walk out the other exit and so it was really mm. strange but I'll take it I mean, I was happy after seven, 70 days, I was, I was ready and it was, and so now our, uh, our governor ended up having the Supreme court come down on him and say, okay, you need to put a case together. There was a Baptist, um, parish and a Protestant parish, uh, that ended up sending something to the federal government and saying, Hey, our governor is overextending his constitutional rights here. According to the Bill of Rights, we have the right to worship. And they were citing people for disorderly conduct and fining them. So turns out, um, you know, the governor basically had to let it all because he couldn't, he, he had no constitutional right to do it. So he put a guideline together. And now we'll just have to see what the what the bishops do. Do they follow the guideline? Because he said, in the guideline, you don't have to follow it because you don't. He doesn't have dictatorial rights over the church. There's a, there's a reason there's a separation between church and state. I actually did a Radio Maria. Um, I have a weekly radio show just last night, as a matter of fact, that will come out on YouTube. And we talked about the Eucharist. And Christine Watkins, my co-host, was bawling yes. her eyes out. She was crying like a baby in the beginning. Mm. And I've never, never seen her cry. Mm. I've never heard her cry. She's seen me cry and heard me cry on the phone. And, it, you know, at, at there have been some times when I've cried and I'm like, she thinks I'm a complete blubbering idiot. You know, she, I probably make her uncomfortable. But turns out she was so emotional about it and just let it go. And I was so happy to see her emotions come through because it is for people who truly believe in the Eucharist, not having mass is like a kick in the gut. A kick it's in a the suffering. Gut. It's a suffering. It is. Thank you for sharing so much about this because I've been following you on social media and you had said that you were so excited to get back to mass. And I know that there was a little bit of suffer a suffering there for you too, just in the fact that it wasn't like just getting back to normal. Um, mm -hmm. you, you did have to, you know, follow all the guidelines and didn't seem like the way it was before all this, but, um, you know, just to let those who are watching know that we're all offering up those prayers for the church and for you too, for people who are devoted to the Eucharist and to the church that hoping that sooner than later it will be somewhat you know back to normal right exactly because and that's what we hope for one of the things that um is easy to do when we're in this situation regardless of whether it's church 
our our clergy, our leadership in the church, or our, our families, our work, our professional situations, maybe our businesses. I mean, like I had the same thing happen to me in my ministry. Everything got canceled. I could have easily swirled into this anger and blame game and just gotten into a state of um, anger. I just think that that's, that that's probably the best word. And so last night we even said, don't do it. Do not be angry. And, and this is where love your enemies, just like you love your, your best friends and yourself and God. It's hard, but when you immediately start praying for people who persecute you, who are angry at you, who throw you under the bus at the office, who talk behind your back, who, you know, just throw your name all over the place and you know that they're doing it. When you start praying for them, including our clergy and the bad clergy, right? We've got a lot of holy men in the church, but we've got a lot of not holy men in the church. And it's easy to just get upset with the not holy men. And I had to go to confession once and, and, and confess that because I started getting angry and I was going to Mary saying, Mary, would you just get these guys out of the church, get them out of your church. And so I had to confess that. And the priest said, you know what? That's a, that's a, an, an incredible confession because Satan has enough people going to hell. And we need to pray that these people see the light, that they repent and they come back to the truth of the church. And some will not, right? But we have to pray for them. Mary, in every apparition all over the place is constantly asking us to pray for priests. So it's so, so, so important. I'm actually a part of an adorer's uh, confraternity of priests. My own spiritual director has a retreat house and a bunch of lay people that pray and sisters, um, um, cloistered nuns who pray for priests. So it's an hour a week in adoration praying for priests. So please keep praying. We can pray our church back to holiness. I'm telling you. So good that you mentioned that if someone who is watching or listening on podcasts and wants more information about that, where can they find it, Kendra? Is that a national organization? It, it is. Um, it's called mercifulpriest.org. And you okay. could just sign up and you can take a, an hour a, a, a week and pray for priests. It could be your hourly adoration that you do and you just, you know, ask God to, you know, please Put, pour his graces on the clergy. I just, I can't imagine how some of the holy priests out there have been suffering as well during this pandemic and shutting down, not being able to provide the sacraments, even confession. I'm so blessed that I've still had the ability to sit in a church in some cases in front of Jesus and receive confession. I mean, I'm okay with the Eucharist, but I know that they want to lead their flock. I know many, many yes. priests who have just really had a super hard time with them, with this themselves. And it, they're just being obedient, you know, it's hard. It is. I, I, I am so blessed that you came on this show this evening on journeys in mm -hmm. faith and blessed that people who have never heard your story have been able to meet you and I do want to invite them again. So if this is the first time that you are being connected here with Kendra, uh, please uh, like her Facebook page at Kendra Von Ash and definitely subscribe to her YouTube channel because I love her videos and 
I watch them all the time. And, and she also sends out emails. So you want to get on her mailing list because it's a great way to be reminded to watch those daily uh, videos and things that you have going on in your ministry. Yeah, if you can subscribe, it'd be great. I only have a few more subscribers and then I can go live on YouTube and have some real conversations like about spouses that aren't on the journey or your whole family. I mean, I was the only one walking and I'm just going to throw this out there. Here's my Please book. Do. It's called, uh, am I Catholic? Um, a struggle with faith, humility, and surrendering to God. And it's a very quick read, very quick. Um, it's going to take you like three hours. If you're a slow reader, maybe, I don't know, three and a half hours. They need to get it. And I know it's on Amazon and I think it's on Kindle too, from what you've told me. It's on Kindle. And I also narrate it on Audible. So if, you're, oh, yeah, oh, so if, you're, if you want to hear it from me, Audible. you can just uh, do it on Audible and just listen to it as you're driving. It's not too intense. You don't need to take notes or anything, but it certainly is. It was my uh, my kicking and screaming to the faith, but um, at the end, every it, it was right up until I made the decision to leave my executive career to get out there and speak about the Catholic faith and how the sacramental graces have changed everything in my life. So praise God. And I'm so blessed that you had me on. I'm happy to come back, talk Please. about the devil, talk about deliverance, talk about all these amazing spiritual things that have happened. It's certainly not just my journey. So let me know, honey, I'm here. For oh, <laughs> I love you. And I love hearing about your journey. And I love for people to know more about your, your, the path that you have been on because you're still going on that path. And I know God has so much more in store for you and also for others who are watching. And if you are watching and you are feeling troubled and you are away from your faith, let Kendra's story be an opening for you to come back to the church. If you've never been, even if you've never been to church, it's an invitation. We're inviting you to come. So, and you can connect with, with me too, uh, on obviously on this show, but my website is andesantis.com. So you can always reach out to me there too. So now we have a little bit more to talk about because you are doing something with Fiat Ministry Network and also Patchwork Heart Radio to our friends, Kent and Bill, uh, who you saw during the commercial break. And your own story for the Patreon site, which is Discover Your Mission, is my road to Mary. So I know that they can learn more about that. And I have an invitation for all of you to go to that website because there's going to be a video there that you can become a subscriber and you can get this video because Kendra and I are going to talk about three ways that you can deepen your faith as we come out of the pandemic. And you would need to go to patreon.com slash patchworkheart ministry. So be sure to do that. And I just want to wish all of you as we're coming out of this pandemic, please know that I'm praying for you. I know Kendra, you're praying for everyone who's watching too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just connect with us and know that our prayers are with you. So thank you for joining us. And thank you, Kendra. Thank you so much. And God bless you, honey. God bless. Good night, everyone. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. 
And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.